is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. What up, party people? It is Monday. It is Holy Hangover Day. It is. That is the day. This is Keith. I'm joined with my best friend, my partner in crime, the one and only Kara Kirkpatrick, everyone. Come on. (laughs) Hi. I'm here. She's here. I'm here. Welcome, everyone. We're here to confess. This is Confessions Mm -hmm. of a Pastor. This is confession time, everybody. Well, we've got lots to confess to because God is up to so much. There's always something good. You did talk about our wedding day yesterday. Yes. At church. I got the day wrong. Oh, that was funny. Yep, yep. The first service, but you covered it up really well. No, no, no. I don't mean about the month. I was that I knew. I was just joking there. I Googled. I Googled uh, what day was December 27th, 2013. In my mind, I was thinking that was 20 years ago, 2013. And it said Friday. Oh. (laughs) And so at church, I said, you know, we got married on a Friday. Oh. What was it, a Monday or a Wednesday? No, it was a a Saturday. We got married on a Saturday. So I was just one day off. But it was Saturday, December 27th, 2003. I married you. You married me. Yeah, in Santa Barbara. We it was kind one. of fun to reminisce on our wedding. Yes. It was a gorgeous day. Do you remember it like that, too? I, I remember the gorgeous day, yes. It could not have been better. Yes. It was sunny. I mean, no breeze. It was just perfect. Yeah, it was a good day. Just perfect until a few hours later. Well, I haven't a few hours later. <laughs> <laughs> We were exhausted, and you wanted bobby pins out of your hair, and I just say, and like life is life, it's real. This is true. This is true. I remember we drove away with cars with um, cans, and uh-huh. they were we got on the highway, and they were jumping off the road, hitting the car, banging against <laughs> it, and it was a, I think it was a rental car, and I'm like. Who did you put the cans on our car? Oh, your brothers did. Oh. You know, it was like beer cans and yeah. stuff like that. And, <laughs> So I just stop on the side of the road and welcome to marriage. Get rid of the the cans. I don't know why we do that tradition. It works if you're driving 20 miles an hour. It just doesn't work if you're driving 65 miles an hour. That's funny. (laughs) Yes. So church was a good day yesterday. Yeah, it was a good day. We're in the book of Ephesians, and I tried to share my heart what the church ought to be versus what the world perceives the church to be, because the world perceives the the church as just weak or small or just antiquated. It's, it's always it hurts me when I hear the news media or politicians or even Hollywood paint this picture of the church as this kind of obsolete religious option of Christianity. Yeah, I almost it, well, it, it almost um, through the world's eyes is a place of rules and regulations, right? To adhere to. But we know that's not true. In fact, that's one of the reasons we started Journey right? Church. There are many, many, many great churches all over the world, but we we do know there are some churches that are. You know, cold, stale, uh, you know, outdated. Dead. Uh, yeah. You go in and it's like, what's going on here? Like, y'all yeah. just meet just because you dress right? in your Sunday what's best. The point? Yeah. It's uh, because it, it, it's habit. It's, yeah. it's, it's generations yeah. passed on. Yeah. We, we started Journey Church ultimately for people who don't go to church. Right. That was our target audience, was yeah. not people who are currently going to church somewhere. It was, hey, you're not connected in church. God has a plan for you to be a part of this community and family. And I'm so, so grateful, yeah. yes, because we're experiencing the power of God through the church in a way that only gets me more excited about what's to come. Yeah, amen. We've always said the best is yet to come, but when you experience what we're experiencing right now, it even gets you more excited yeah. with so many people getting saved and baptized and healed and just yeah. restored and just God working in a tangible way. It, it literally gives you a hunger to say, I want more. more. Reminds yeah. me of Jesus. We're blessed are those who hunger and thirst yeah. for righteousness. righteousness. When, you, when you hunger after God, 
you, you will be satisfied. Yeah. You shall be satisfied. Yeah. There's Amen. a promise. And the to church this. offers that. The yes. world says, I, I, the world says you can be satisfied in all these things. Right. And, and the church says, no, no, no. There's one way to be satisfied. It's through Jesus and mm-hmm. Jesus alone. And he can give you what you're looking for. Amen. And that's the power in the church. Right. The fads of this world, they come and they go. The leadership of this world comes and goes. Economic rhythms of this world, they, they, they come and they go, and yet we put our, our hope in things that just don't last. And this is where people get let down. This is where people go into depression. They get divorced. They get on drugs. They, I mean, because the human soul is made for more. Yeah. And the church is that answer. And right. the, the church is that answer, not in the sense that we satisfy the soul and that we are created to worship. We are created to be in communion with God. Absolutely. We are created to know the one that made us, knit us together, has a great plan for our lives. And when we discover that calling, that revelation that, that God has purposed in us for eternity, boom, come on. Yeah. Ooh, opportunities are endless. Right. It gets me excited. I, I, I'm really excited that we're studying the book of Ephesians. I was thinking we were going to go a little faster through this book, but man, every line of the book of Ephesians, if studied, if if looked at carefully, is just this ocean's deep, you know, wealth of, of, of knowledge of just Uh, really. And of revelation too. Like if you sit in it and and you meditate on it, um, meaning like you, you study it, you go after it, you, um, you dissect it, you chew on it. Like you really go get into what, what Paul is, is speaking to the church in Ephesus. Um, it is revolutionary. It Mm. is life changing. Come on. It is, um, uh, it is who we are in Amen. Jesus. It is who the church is. Amen. It, it's so many things. And um, once you have that revelation, you just want more. Amen. I met a guy yesterday at church who has been coming to Journey Church in Bend since October. He moved to Bend from South Lake Tahoe. And he explained to me he's been a believer in Jesus for about a year. And I, I just asked him questions about that. What church did you go to? Tell me about your journey of faith. Well, his life, he, he needed something, and he ended up going to a great church in South Lake Tahoe, and they happened to be, when he started going there, going through the book of Ephesians. Mm. And going through that book, he gave his life to Jesus. He went on to say that the next year ended up being the most difficult year of his life, mm. and he's so grateful because God used all of it to grow in him faith, yeah. uh, to, to show him how great God is, yeah. to not run from God. Yeah. And he's like, God used all of it. And then he was just excited. to, That's, to I mean, that's... That's a mature uh, response. Yeah, response to what he went through in his first year of being a believer, because yes. it's very easy to um, flip that script, flip it, yeah, yes. and and then start to point your finger and blame God and blame people and and things instead of really um, going to the deeper places and saying, God, what do you have for me through this? How am I going to grow through this? Yes, I, I care. I think there's a new. I'm going to say new because God is constantly doing something new. Yes. There's new seasons. There's new songs. There's God is constantly a God of new beginnings. And I think there's something new happening in the church. Yeah, I in agree. In the 2020s right now versus what we saw in the early 2000s, what we saw in the 90s or even the 80s or 70s. I think there's something pure that's happening in the church where where people are getting saved, not because of programs yep. or um, uh, production yeah. even. You know, it's not wooing them by offering what the world offering, you know, skits and music and all those things. I I do think there's this purity of of righteousness that when people are getting saved right now or surrendering or believing in Jesus, it's, it's different. And I'm just going off of my own experiences. Well, and I, I agree with you. And I actually think the turning point was COVID. If Mm, if I look back, um, which, which ushered us into the 2020s. I believe believe that COVID was the catalyst for the church to do a, a massive shakeup. It was a massive pruning and it, it prepared the church for something new, mm-hmm. for new fruit to grow, for um, for what we're seeing. Yes. Uh, it's like this remnant was left after the pruning that was like, we we will not go back to how it was. Mm. We are ready for new. Come on. We, we want a new season. God gives us new mercies every morning. We're going to go after God in a way that the church um, didn't for a lot of years. Well, and some of us, 
especially as pastors and leaders, could not even articulate that. All we knew is that we're not going back to the way things were. And and that was clear because there were many churches that closed down. There are many churches that uh, did not adapt well during that season. I mean, there there was this polarization. But then the ones that did, right, came out of it. There was a refining. Um, there was a refining. That's and, and we can speak for ourselves, particularly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it reminds me of we were having this conversation this morning of when we went to a conference mm-hmm. um, in 2021, I think, maybe 2022, uh, an art conference. And we were talking about this. And um, it was such a powerful experience because this was coming out of right. COVID. And the pastor, uh, who was, what was his Daniel name? Daniel Floyd. Daniel Floyd. Okay. I hadn't heard of him, but he, he brought to the table, he, he brought to the stage, he brought to the, the room, the atmosphere, a war cry to the church that, that was post COVID. Um, and, and it, it actually ushered in, in that moment, it ushered in, um, a next level spiritual uh, experience. Right. I think for everyone that was in that room, uh, I mean, if I'm going to be really honest, it, it was the very first time I'd ever sat in a room and heard tongues spoken mm-hmm. and then heard an interpretation of it that a was clear so interpretation. clear yes. and powerful. Um, it was actually really, it marked me. Yes. I, that, that moment marked me as well. That was when we were, uh, we were in a, the same season of what the pastor preached on, which is that's when the Holy Spirit works. When, when the, the preacher is giving you what is relevant in your lives and what he preached is, uh, he shared about diving off of a, a, a large or a cliff or something like that high place, landing wrong, slapping his side or whatever, where it, it hurt. And he had to come to grips that it hurt and he was bruised for days, but it didn't kill him. Mm. And he likened that to uh, that pandemic that, you know, that hurt, that bruised us as people. It hurt the church, but it didn't kill us. We're going to get through this, that you can look back and mark that as this experience. And he talked, he, 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 he called the church up. He challenged us. And then he prayed. And at the end of that prayer, he just talked to the Lord and said, God, please use us, you know, restore us, heal us, uh, fill us up. And he he gave this charge for the church to to experience all that God has through spiritual gifts. And in doing so, he even just said quickly, he's like, signs and wonders and tongues. And it just went through this. And then they they sang a song right after. And I'll never forget it because it's a powerful song. Uh, Here I am. Send me. Yeah. Is that the song? It's called Send Me? It might be. It was essentially, the, the heart of it is, I'll go wherever you tell me to go, God. Yes. Send uh, me. I think it's called Send Me. I'm going to look it up because the song was so powerful. And I remember you and I talking about how people don't know what they're saying. They, they don't understand the severity. They're actually saying, God, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. It's called Send Me by River Valley Worship. Mm-hmm. Send Me by River Valley Worship. Mm-hmm. And it's super powerful. Look it up on Spotify or Apple Music. Then at the end of that song, it was powerful. Uh, you know, I'll go where you want me to go. And huge, huge auditorium filled with pastors and leaders from cross country. And then they got down to the soft spot and it was, got kind of quiet. And out of nowhere, someone with a booming voice oh, yeah. just started speaking in tongues. And this was a room of maybe, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people? Well, it was Seacoast Church. Thousands. Let's Let's see what Seacoast holds. Um, seating capacity uh, of Seacoast Church. Let's see. 2,500 seat okay, auditorium. Okay. So, and it was full. So yeah, so 2, over 2,000. Yeah. yeah. And, and so this person busts out in tongues, not in an audible uh, language that we could identify. And it was maybe a minute long. It felt longer. It did. Because there was no microphone. It was yeah. just someone in the audience. Bellowing out. Bellowing out. And then it, it was almost like a pause. Yeah. Like people didn't know what to do. Uh-huh. No one clapped or no one screamed. No one did anything. The band didn't start up. There was a pause for maybe a second. But because it was a second in a large auditorium, it felt like a, just a moment of pause. And then someone else in a different side of the auditorium yeah. belts out with the equal audible like clarity with no microphone and interpreted what was just said mm-hmm. in about the same length. Mm-hmm. And it was... It wasn't old English, but it was like this authoritative prophetic yeah, word. Yeah, the you word know, of the Lord. Thus says the yeah, Lord. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, uh, and I, I wish there was a recording of it to this day. Like mm-hmm. we're going to have to find back. that out. It was in April of 2022 at an art conference. And th- that, that marked us. Yes. We were in that season that pastor Daniel Floyd talked about. We were bruised. Yes. We were beat up and you have a choice to wallow in that and say, woe is me. Yeah. And to think you're done which is what the enemy would like you to do or to suck it up, put your shoulders back, get a breath of fresh air, put your chin up and recognize if this didn't kill me, it's going to make make me stronger. stronger, And I will heal from this. I will be better. I will be stronger. I I will be more resilient. I'll know that I can get through this next time I get bruised or beat up. And and that was, that was a marking period. And that set the trajectory for us, Kara. Here we are now in 2024, two years later, uh, And I would say you and I have expedited the maturity of our faith Mm -hmm. in taking God seriously Mm -hmm. and seeking the Lord and understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and what God has equipped us in spiritual gifts. Because uh, as some of our audience already knows, we've shared our story. We did not grow up in the church. Right. So we, we had no background for church culture, what happens in church. Right. I mean, we were one of those that if you would have asked us as a child or, or even a, an early teenager, what is the church? My short answer would be, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it was actually one of the things I, I went after when I was a teenager, when I left my house. I, I really wanted to be a part of it. I didn't really know what it was. I, I tried hard. I tried to get into different circles of Christians. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why I have such a heart for um, churches for, for everyone. We are not a frozen chosen, like you say on Sundays right. regularly. Right. We are not the holy huddle. Um, I tried to get into circles that I could never get into mm-hmm. as an outsider. I was always an outsider. And it always really, it was really hard for me to get into the church. And it should not be that way. It absolutely should not be. I, I you know, I think the enemy has worked overtime to get church people, churches, churches, to <laughs> denominations even, if you will, to create a tribe yeah. of language, of rituals, even of dress. Yeah. You know, and none of those things are in themselves bad. In fact, they could have uh, great intentions or uh, great origins of why they started, whether it be clothing or, or, or cultures or language. They, they could have good things, but over time, if lost in the purity of God's word yeah. and acting that out in what God has designed and implemented, that we are a living body, yes. a growing organism. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many different descriptions in the scriptures. Uh, Peter talks about how we're living uh, rocks. Uh, we're not. We're we're not dead. Yeah. You know, we are meant to be a, a bride. We are meant to be a family. We're. We're meant to be alive. And the moment yes. we, we don't include other people generationally, it doesn't take but one or two generations yeah, for the church to die. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't even take but a few decades for what was happening to be lost or yes. uh, missed or memorialized. And I think both of us saw that, which is where our heart is today. And you know, now we've been in the church for a while. Journey Church is 14 years old. Mm-hmm which I didn't think I would last that long at Journey, to be honest. I thought I would launch this thing, grow it to a certain place, and move on. Uh, We both like change, but God has not called us out of this. And and since that time, we've learned a lot about churches. Mm -hmm. We've gone to conferences. We've visited other churches. And we've, we've gotten to know church culture well. In fact, if we were honest, we would have to fight against creating our own cultures and getting too comfortable over a period of time yeah. and saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, this is not just <laughs> We got to be careful as yes. well not to become that. So that's yes. part of me preaching that so often, Kara, is to myself. Yeah, is, sure. is to make sure that I don't get so lost and say, don't get too comfortable in this. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, someone is here for the first yeah, time. And there's absolutely. always someone new at church, yes. whether they were brought by someone or they took the risk to come. But, but let's talk about that for a moment, church culture, because we were just at a conference last week in California absolutely awesome, uh, part of a, a family that we've gotten connected with well, the Father's House in Vacaville, and they had just tremendous worship, great speakers, but it got us speaking because one of the speakers was uh, Jabin Chavez. Am I saying his name right? I think it's close enough. Come on. Let's, let's look that up. That is his last name. Okay. I just don't totally know if that's how he says it. How does he say it? Chavez. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Come on. 
And we've been to Javen's church. It's in Las Vegas, City Lights Church. It's a church plant as well. We love church plants. We love learning from them, love experiencing them, love supporting them. And we went and uh, visited his church the first, or actually second Sunday of our sabbatical. We did. And it was great. The sabbatical that changed our life. It, uh, yeah, it was great because for many reasons, he's just a really um, spiritual dynamic speaker and leader. Um, and then also we got to hear Anna Golden there, right. which was special to me because, um, because of just what we journeyed through. I, I think I've spoken on this before. She, yes. she has a song that just spoke so deeply to me in our season of letting go of chains and, yeah. and spirits of control that had over us. She's, she sings this song called finally free. And it just, mm. it's a, um, it's like a war cry for me. That's like just to fight for my freedom because there's always, uh, the enemy is, is always prowling around to, to mm. take it away from me. Now, we went to that church unknowingly. I mean, you didn't know anything about Jabin. The kids knew nothing about yeah. him. I knew that it would be probably a younger person church. Jabin's younger than we are. Yeah. And uh, he's he spoken at, I mean, this he, he got famous really quickly. Uh, I mean, he started his church only, I think, six years ago. And he's just the churches he's spoken at are huge. So we went there and we were both surprised. Like, oh, it's smaller than we thought it would be. Um, but in terms of size, it was packed. It was extremely diverse ethnically, which I loved, mm -hmm. you know, sitting around uh, people of, of different uh, skin colors and backgrounds. And I absolutely loved it. And uh, we, but we didn't know much about that. I give that background because Jabin spoke at the conference last yeah. week and in the middle of his talk, you know, he talked about growing up Pentecostal and he, uh, made fun of, if you will, about growing up and hearing different tongues. And he gave different examples of, of the different tongues you would hear in churches growing up. And uh, then he gave examples of what we should be doing now. And I, I don't even think it was a part of his message, was it? It might have been planned. Sometimes it's hard to know what's planned and what's not planned. Right. I, I guess strategically, I'm just saying the substance of what he was saying, I don't think was a part of his message. Undoubtedly, these guys that are phenomenal communicators, they do things that seem like they're <laughs> ad-libbing or make it up right. as they go. That's what I but mean. no, they're geniuses when it comes to communicating. It's all planned. And, and he knew his audience. He was at a church conference full of church pastors and leaders. But needless to say, later on, it sparked a conversation with us about speaking in tongues mm -hmm. because... We didn't grow up in that. Well, and he, he actually spoke in tongues on the microphone yes. many, many times throughout his um, message. Mm -hmm. uh, it happened a few times. So that's kind of what we were so, so yeah, as, as, about. As we talked about this, it, one thing I noted to you is we didn't grow up in church, neither conservative or Pentecostal, so on either side of the spectrum. So number one, he assumed his audience had, had, was familiar with that, which we we aren't until more recently. Yeah, we are as, now. As we've been growing and leaning into the spirit, as I went to the scriptures and just really took God's word very seriously, mm -hmm. not one section from Genesis to Revelation, yeah. and I'm referring to the last few years, yeah. even as I went to the elders and said, listen, if I ever go outside of this, you have the right to fire me yeah. or to correct me because we were having people leave our church for things that are in the Bible. That are in scripture. As I would make claims about wanting to prophesy and to seek prophecy and literally sitting down with grown, supposed mature Christians telling yeah. me, you're making us feel uncomfortable that you use the word prophetic or prophesy. Yeah, And, and that's where it's like, we have to look at ourselves and leaders and say, I've done a poor job leading you well, because I, that's not accurate. Or It could be many things, Kara. It may not even be that. Maybe not. It also might be what Paul talks about. There will come a day and an age where people will want their ears tickled. Yeah. They, they don't yeah. want to hear the whole scriptures. They only want to hear what they want to hear. Yeah. And the moment they get uncomfortable, they're not willing to grow. They're yeah. not willing to yeah. learn. They're, 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 they're unteachable. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they, I also think that we've, we've, I don't know if we've mentioned it on here or not, but I, I think that we have a pretty strong spirit of religion over this region, over right. the region of Central Oregon. And the um, Pacific Northwest. And the Pacific Northwest. I think there's a spirit of religion. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that that's one of the things that we are actually, we're starting to see some traction in, in um, a breakthrough in that come area. On. But it, it has not come easily. Right. And as we've taken this seriously, it's, it's not just the prophetic, which is biblical, I'll quote to you 1 Corinthians 14, yeah. verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. We ought to pursue love passionately. This is who we are as a church. We love, 
We earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Come on, church. That wasn't just for the Corinthians. We should desire the spiritual gifts. Then he says, especially that you may prophesy. Yep. And just to understand that we, we want to speak forth what God would say. What is God's word? What is God's will? We want to be a part of what God's saying. Now, the prophetic is not necessarily speaking um, uh what, what am I trying to say? It's, it's not the foretelling of the future, as, as some would think, because we think of the Old Testament prophets that would come in and foretell of the Messiah. They would foretell of, 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 uh, of looming judgment. Uh, it can be yeah. the foretelling, but I think in the past few hundred years, there have, there have been enough abuse of the foretelling of yeah. future events that some people are skeptical of that word prophetic, that they think that's what it is. But it's not. It's the promise of God's word, both scripturally and the promise of God's word fulfilled in our lives. And uh, for me, I've taken spiritual gifts assessment, and prophetic always ends up, prophecy ends up being the first of my spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. I can recall years and years ago taking spiritual gifts assessment and seeing that, and it kind of freaked me out because I'm like, I don't have the gift of prophetic. I thought it meant like I could read minds. I, I know things other people don't know about, but actually it means I have a boldness to speak God's word. Mm -hmm. That's but what prophetic is. But isn't there another is. layer to it, though, that's like, that's that's what the people need to hear or what, um, mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just um, so generic necessarily all the time, but there is something like, like you had, okay, you had a prophetic word spoken over you, mm -hmm. um, at the, at the conference we were just at yes, and it was, it was multiple things and they were fairly, um, detailed. Right. Uh, it was, I was just worshiping and another pastor came and prayed over me and prayed through the prophetic. So in the prayer, it was, God is going to do more through your ministry. And then there was very specific things, multiplication mm -hmm. of churches, mm -hmm. um, leadership, um, even our own children. Mm -hmm. um, each of those were in some sense still generalized, mm -hmm. although he very much had details of um, there will be a man that comes into your church with a beard. He's going to be wearing a hat mm -hmm. and you're going to know mm -hmm. God's going to highlight this person that this will be a leader that's going to be used potentially to, to plant a church. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there was, there was definitely details in there and someone I trust and came back and talked to him later. I said, oh, man, I wish I could record it. He's like, Oh, I still remember it vividly. And he put it in a voice memo and text it to me. Mm -hmm. So no, I think prophetic can work in uh, multiple different ways. Yes. Uh, we always need to test it though. I was just going to say it should be tested. It, should, it will never be contrary to yes. God's word. Yes. It will never be contrary to God's will, meaning yes. it will never include sin um, or going outside of, of God's perfect plan. But I want to come back to just where we are right now as the church and operating in spiritual gifts because you and I had a very healthy dialogue just this morning about speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, could you re repeat, if you remember, what was the way you worded the question if you want to, and you could even word it differently? Well, I've just been, I've been wrestling with the, um, you know, the, the, the speaking in tongues in, in our Western cultural context, the way we do church, we have a stage and we have a, a, a pastor mm -hmm. on the stage and we have a worship team on the stage, you know, so, and then the, and then essentially an audience that, you mm -hmm. know, that's kind of the way we've set up the Western church. And so what I, what I've wrestled through is what, or what I'm trying to, you know, really flesh out is, um, the, uh, because spiritual gifts are for the edification of the body. They're for they're to edify the church. They're to build up people, build up the, the church. Um, and so the um, hearing tongues spoken on a microphone from the stage from a pastor without an interpreter there, which uh, is newer for us. Yeah, like what is because we realize the audience that is listening to us comes from a vast background. Some of you are unchurched. Some of you came from Pentecostal charismatic backgrounds. Yeah. Some of you came from very conservative backgrounds that, yeah. that, that didn't even believe in the use of spiritual gifts in our age, cessationists that, that, that ceased at one point. Yeah. So I, what I'm fleshing out, because we also have had, you know, uh, that happened in our own house, right? At, at Pursuit Night. And I guess what I, what I, my question was, how do we, um, what is that? 
how, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. You know, um, what does that mean for us? What do, what do you think of this? I think you asked me and, uh, yeah, where, where we currently are, Wait, but contextualize it to scripture. What is it? What does that look like through the lens of scripture? Right now? I'll just process out loud with our listener. My answer to you, uh, and, and just this open dialogue, because it wasn't like an answer of yes and no, yes or no, but yeah. rather, I preface with, I feel very comfortable with where we are right now. Yes. Whereas in years past, if this would have happened or we would have experienced these things, I would not have been as comfortable uh, in large part because of how much we've grown in our faith mm -hmm. and how much we've, we've spent time in the word mm -hmm. and God continues to give us clarity on, on the context of scripture mm -hmm. and what was happening in, in, um, and different places that we read about and what that means today in the context today. And so all that to say is number one is I'm not afraid of this and I'm very comfortable with it. Uh, I, I will just, in addition to say later on, we talked about how the, the fear of creating a culture of speaking in tongues and um, operating in the charismatic, if you will, in the context of what we understand in our contemporary uh, culture today is it begins to, uh, people begin to emulate or copy or learn yeah. or, um, and, and you completely lose sight of yeah. the supernatural, the power of God and, and what, what is, what is actually, what are the spiritual gifts? Mm -hmm. So I want to just say on both sides there, number one, I'm very comfortable with it. Number two, I'm cautious that it doesn't become such a cultural norm mm -hmm. that if you come into a church culture that, wait, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. So I'm going to adapt or, or, okay, either you feel yes. <laughs> uh, completely, uh, you know, unspiritual. Um, yeah. Or uncomfortable. No one teaches you. Mm -hmm. and, and as a result, you don't go back. Mm -hmm. you, you feel, um, confused or lost, which I think the scriptures warn about, or you learn to adapt to the culture like and you, it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. many people have done just that yeah. without their hearts or their spirit aligning with the person of the Holy spirit. So for us, we have to, number one, identify what is it? And as we talked this morning in the two chapters in first Corinthians speak strongly of this area of spiritual gifts and specifically speaking in tongues mm -hmm. so that we don't have to avoid this. We don't have to be afraid of this. It's okay to ask questions, but we always want to go to God's word. We want to pray and ask for discernment. We want to go to those who are mature and, and have a good understanding. Now where I turned is the beginning of chapter 12 and the end of chapter 12. And then uh, again, also in chapter chapter 14. So let me just turn there and read, if you will. Uh, now, there are a variety of gifts Paul is noting to the church. Verse 4. Uh, verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now, in context here, Paul's noting that there are certain people being elevated in the church that are doing certain things or have the ability through spiritual gifts to do certain things. So, so we're starting to see a, a popularity, if yeah. you will, mm -hmm. of people that are doing certain things over other mm -hmm. people that aren't able to, or maybe they're, they're doing other things. So Paul is making sure that he's giving a, a clear understanding that, that God is the one that's given us these gifts, that, that this is not man-made. So there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit, that, that's the Holy Spirit, that's God himself, one God, the Holy Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, there's God again. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in Everyone. Now, this is what gets us excited about the church again, is that we're operating through people, but it's all God doing the work. To each is given, verse 7 now, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Now we're starting to get into the spiritual gifts. To another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. So there we have, I just want to emphasize this. We've talked about faith. We've talked about wisdom. We, we talk about healing. But now Paul mentions, to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 
Now, Paul's going to go on and talk about the unity through one body and so forth, but we have there the mentioning of nine, count them, nine spiritual gifts. Now, it's interesting, we went on a whole nother rabbit trail mm -hmm. this morning in Galatians chapter five, and that Paul knows to the Galatians that when you are walking in the spirit, there are how many? Nine. Nine fruit of the spirit. So we, we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, kindness, self-control. Uh, self so nine fruit of the spirit, nine spiritual gifts. So that, again, all this is in one spirit, not, mm -hmm. not many spirits. Uh, we're not talking about angels. We're talking about God himself. So by believing in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to give these different gifts. Now, if we go to the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we start to understand uh, the use of this. We're, we're meant to put them into practice, as you said, Kara, uh, not for our own good, yeah. but to help each other, to right. build each other up. We're meant to grow in our faith. Now, it says, verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. There's that use again, various kinds of tongues. Mm -hmm. Paul's not afraid of this. He doesn't avoid this. He doesn't make it sound so simple. This is a gift of the Spirit. Are, are all prophets, are, uh, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, he asks the question, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Now, we talked about this. We don't need to go into detail of this. What's the more, more excellent way, Kara? Love. love. He goes into the most powerful poetic exegesis of love because if we get so lost in the gifts and right. we don't understand love, we're not mature, Paul it's says. It's like a resounding gong. Yeah. We're, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have lung, right. love, I am only a resounding gong or a claiming, clanging symbol. So that's what we talked about with coming back to Pastor Jabin, you know, saying I grew up Pentecostal, everybody spoke in tongues. Like, well, listen, if you go and you just learn to mimic yeah. and you sound like everyone else, but you're not being loved by God and you're not loving God and you're, you're not and being... loving others. Yes, if it's, if it's not out of the heart of, of worship to love the yeah. Lord your God, we, we've missed it. Yeah. You can sound like everyone else, but really it's not that great. You know, you can even sing powerfully, but if it's not for the glory of God, if your heart's not in the right place. So we, let's skip chapter 13 and let's now go into chapter 14. I, I think Paul wants to really pursue this so that we would go after this. When he says, pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he under, utters mysteries in the spirit. Now, just pause real quick, because over the years, there's different language that different churches use for speaking in tongues. And there certainly, I want to clarify once again, there are many churches that abuse this. They have perverted theology that says that speaking in tongues is a sign of salvation. That is not at all what Paul has said here. He says it is a gift of the spirit, which is given as a gift to those who have believed that is by faith through grace. So you believe in Jesus, and through your belief now, God has given you grace, which is that is that he's given you grace to, to forgive your sins, giving you the, the grace of an inheritance, the, the grace of himself, the, the person of the Holy Spirit. Now we go into these spiritual gifts. It's not a sign of salvation. It's a sign. It's not a sign of salvation. It's a sign that you're already saved, and now you're being sanctified. Mm -hmm. You're working these things out. Yeah. You're building them out. So some verse uh, two that I just read about those who speak in tongues are not to men, but to God. They would refer to this as, in, in the language I've heard, a prayer language. Mm -hmm. So you don't even know what you're praying, but you are speaking in a language that no one else knows, including yourself, but God knows. Mm -hmm. Now we can go to Romans chapter eight where Paul says, when you don't know what to pray, yeah. the spirit actually groans with you mm -hmm. or for you. For you yeah. So, so there's, a, this, there's, there's an imagery here of, of an utterance, words, mm -hmm. uh, of, of, of being one in the spirit and you're praying according to Romans chapter eight. And so there's, there's this picture of this language that's, that's not to men, but to God. Now, nowhere here does he mention at this point interpretation. 
So there are different types of yes. tongues. Now, just to really clarify what I'm talking about, what we have here is tongues. The actual definition, interpretation of tongues is just merely language. So anytime we hear the word tongues, we could just understand. We're talking about a language. But this la- the specific language is, is like a God language, right? It's like a language from heaven. Amen. <laughs> right? And so there are... Well, yeah. actually, I will say this, Kara. Over the years, I have certainly heard enough examples that I can testify to the power of God through the language of man as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like someone speaks in a language, a, a humanly language that they don't know. Yeah, let me give two quick examples that I know are real and God-sized. One is we had uh, a young man from San Diego lead worship last year at Journey Church. He's from Brazil, born in Brazil, moved to Florida. Uh, His family went to a Brazilian church uh, in Florida, and they only spoke Portuguese. He married an American woman that did not speak Portuguese, only English. She never learned Portuguese. And one particular Sunday, he took her to that church. She did not understand Portuguese. And while the pastor was speaking she leans over to him and says, wow, he speaks good English. Yeah, and he's not He leans English. over to her and says, he's not. He's yeah. speaking Portuguese. So she heard in English yeah. what a pastor was okay. preaching in Portuguese. One example, that was, that was a language of Portuguese into English. So that's not necessarily the utterance that only God knows. That is a language that man would know, but that is tongues. That is sure. a God, God worked that out. Another example I knew of a, a, an old lady in Santa Cruz. I, I mean, no offense to that. Just she was of a, a generation. Uh, how did Abraham call Sarah? Um, advanced. <laughs> she, she was advanced in years yeah. and she wanted to minister to Hispanics in that region of, of Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. specifically to Watsonville, which was like 90% um, Mexican immigrants that were coming working the fields mm-hmm. of, you know, strawberries and um, asparagus and uh, all those things up there. So she wanted to minister, but the problem is she never learned Spanish. Mm-hmm. And she prayed and she prayed. And one day she said, God, I just want to reach these young children. And she wanted to do like a, a vacation Bible school type ministry to them. And God hit her in the spirit. And from that day forward in prayer, she asked that. And God, I call it what you will. The spirit came upon her. Mm-hmm. For that day, she could understand every word of Spanish and she could speak Spanish perfectly. That's amazing. Perfectly. I mean, like as if she grew up in yeah. Mex- deep Mexico. I she, love that. She could not read Spanish. She could not write Spanish, wow. but she could speak it and she could hear it. And she went on and, and did this amazing ministry. So that is not a prayer language that Paul's talking about here, but yeah. it, is, it is a language. That, sure. That is like, that is Acts chapter 2. When the yes. Holy Spirit came upon the people, they were speaking in languages that weren't their own, that they never learned, but other people heard them yes. in their language. Right. They heard some African languages. They heard other languages from around the Middle East because the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, Paul's going further than what we read about in Acts chapter 2. He's saying there is a language that man will pray that you don't know, but God knows yes. because you are one in the spirit. That, that's again, what we don't want man to emulate. We want it to be of the spirit. But then there's also one, let me continue reading. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. That's why we prophesy. We want to build people up. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So we identify that when you're speaking in tongues, it's between you and God. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about now that I'm going to use that phrase that some people talk about, a prayer language. This is a language that is not understood by man, but is understood by God. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Paul is speaking to the church. And I don't believe this is just limited to the Corinthians here as, as we would understand it. We should want to grow in spiritual things. Mm-hmm. And I can say things here, but spiritual gifts, we should want to grow in the spirit. We should want to continually watch God do greater things through the church. Now, the one who prophesies, I'm in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets. So now we see here, there are some that would argue, you should never, ever, ever speak in tongues unless there's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what Paul's saying yeah. here. There absolutely is a place for interpretation. Now, we or can, for not interpretation. Uh, for interpretation or not interpretation, yes. both. Yes. Uh, now, later on at the end of chapter 14, and man, Kara, we could spend forever on this. Yeah. But at the end of chapter 14, Paul is going to say, listen, we should not have a chaotic church service. Yes, amen. 
Why? Because we, we would read later in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 32, and, and the spirits of the, of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And then you go on to, to verse 39 and 40. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Yes, which is where I believe journey is right now. Yes. We are not just trying to be a church that's out of control. We are not a church yes. of chaos. We are not a church just uh, full of emotions or yes. just uh, trying trying to uh, muster up uh, something. Rather, what we did, and this this really happened after our sabbatical. We sought the Lord. It was like we, we went into our own place of uh equipping, if you will, like, like Paul, after he was saved, he didn't just go into ministry. He, he had to go prepare himself for the yeah. next season. And we prepared ourselves and, and God revealed to us that there were a number of things that have not been unleashed mm -hmm. at Journey, yes. that we have yet to experience the fullness of what he has. And those were the places where instantly, I mean, I read so many different books and I was convicted that do we allow room for the Holy yes. Spirit? Or, or do we just do orchestrated church services in America that have a beginning and an end, and there was no room for the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you and I look back and long to say, we want more room mm -hmm. for God to have space mm -hmm. to let his will be done. Absolutely. And, and that, my friends, we can't even tell you what that looks like. Yeah. Because if God shows up, we don't know if it'll be tongues of fire. Right. We don't know if it'll be tongues of different languages or, or a spiritual tongue. or we, It could be as... Pastor Leanne shared last night at Pursuit Night. Could be silence. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had a thought. Um, it was probably a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll go to this one. Um, so I had a friend la last night. Oh, I, first I was going to say, well, I think that was really the heart behind starting Pursu or Pursuit Night. Right. Right. Was, room for the Holy was Spirit. Room for the Holy Spirit. And, yes. and then the, the ethos or the, um, uh, the heart, the DNA of, pursuit night is infiltrating Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, uh, right. So what we're doing on Sunday nights is actually overflowing yes. and, and impacting our ordinary church services. Yes, so Sunday morning services is a space that anyone can come to. Uh, you can bring a friend to, but we're going to preach the Bible. We're going to sing songs to God, but we're very aware that if you yeah, brought a guest, guests, they're right. going to be welcome. Like yeah. in our living room, we, we've tidied up, we've picked up, we've prepared. Yeah. We, but that also doesn't serve mean them with to hospitality. quench the spirit. No. Right? And so it's that, absolutely. Yeah, that fine line. We want to invite them into absolutely. this journey yes. of following Jesus. Yes. So we're unashamedly, Paul in Romans chapter one, I am not ashamed of the gospel. So if you come in and you're counter to the gospel, I'm not ashamed to preach this powerfully. Yes. If this isn't for you, then, then this isn't the space for you. Yeah. Uh, but then pursuit nights, we go even further or deeper yeah. or um, that, that's the place we unashamedly say, this is the place where we're going to pray, we're going to sing, and we're going to leave room that if God gives a word of prophetic, a word of knowledge, if this is a time we just need to pray yeah. and just linger in God's presence. Yeah, we're going to lay hands on each other. Lay hands on each other. Exactly. Anoint the, the sick with oil. Yes. I mean, frequently. We're going to praise God when, yeah. when we're, you know, what is it? James happy like right. those are the things that we're going to do if things are going well we celebrate exactly we sing right like this is the this is what God created his who God created us to be come on um, and in, and then to be do it in community in the in his house is there's just nothing more beautiful amen to um, but what I was going to say was also a friend at church yesterday um, came up to me Monica I love her dearly and she was kind of asking you know like um, th this church has really transitioned a little bit you mm -hmm. know in, into um, these type of things. And, and she said, like, I, I essentially asking like where to come from, you know, but mm -hmm. not in a negative way. Sure. Um, and I, 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 I am going to say this because I feel like this is the heart behind it is like, I said, I, I said, all I can tell you is, is we went to the school of hard knocks come on. and we got, uh, a defeated. PhD. We got <laughs> beat up. We got defeated. We, mm -hmm. we got, um, all the things, uh, and, and we came out of it. We either, it's what you talked about just a minute ago. We either could have succumbed to it mm -hmm. and literally run away from our calling. Straight up. <laughs> run to a sunny place. Come on, somebody. And not come back. Or 
we could say, nope, the enemy thought he had me, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm God's mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to walk this thing out and I'm going to do it with victory this time. And it has to be, it's only through God's spirit that we have victory. Like yes. we can't grit it out. And God, tried to. God confirmed that over and over. It wasn't like in one moment, like uh, God spoke through a burning bush with Moses. It was through many moments. Like you said, that song for you, it was, it was a song. It was sermon after sermon. Yeah. It was getting into God's word. And then me coming to you saying, look what God's word said. And you saying, wow, God spoke to me the same thing through a different book and a different verse. And yeah. it was over and over. There was this, this confirmation where our our, our spirits where they were broken were mended and healed over time where we came back and, and, and through the renewing of that, God revealed himself. Yeah. It wasn't like we, we were stronger on our own. It was the strength of God in us. As Paul says yeah, exactly. in second Corinthians 12, in my weakness, he is, he is strong. strong. So right. wh where I thought I was weak, it was actually an opportunity for God yeah. to do more. Yeah. And th there is two options. The enemy deceives you and and you give up on what God's actually about to do, yes. or you surrender, and in surrender, God will do exceedingly and abundantly, exactly. Ephesians 3.20, more. more. Yes. You were asking for it, and you had no clue. God actually had better yes. plans By to do spirit. more, far spirit. more. Amen. Yeah. Um, and that's, by the way, for the glory of the church. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, Ephesians 3.20, this, this is that through the church, God will be glorified. Yes, exactly. That, that, that God's glory worked through the church and he gets the glory. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, one thing I would add to, to this conversation too is the, the journey that we went through really also taught me um, a lot about obedience. And um, even when it's really hard, even when it's not mm. um, what feels good or um, what my flesh would want, yeah. There's, there's, there's something powerful when we actually come under the hand of God and we obey yeah. what, what his word says. Come on. Um, we obey the direction that we, that he's leading us. Mm. Um, and he will do it. Like mm -hmm. he will do it. He mm -hmm. will make a way where there is no way, Amen. but there it's really important. That step of obedience is really important. Come on. Um, in that process. I would just completely agree with you. And if, 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 if our listeners just, they want to go into their own study of this, go study 1 Corinthians 12, also read 1 Corinthians 13 and 14. Uh, you can go into other places uh, like Romans 12 and 13 as well. I mean, there's, there's a number of places you can study, but really what you're referring, I wanted to skip over 1 Corinthians 13 because it's all about love and that is the more excellent way. And I feel like the Spirit keeps bringing me back to this mm -hmm. because... Paul says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Yeah. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now just pause there for a moment. That's how our faith is. You know, we don't just like get saved and you're mature. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's just not how it works. You grow, you, you start with milk and then you get to yeah. the, you know, the, the solids. And then eventually you're able to cut your food on your own and eat steak. Yeah. And that, that's like journey church. We're turning 14 this year. Yeah. We're maturing. So when people say, wow, the church has changed. I hope so. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like in marriage when people say my spouse has changed. I hope so. Yeah. We're like all going to get older. We're all going to change now. Now prayerfully, and hopefully it's, it's in growth and maturity. Yes. That's not always the case. Sometimes yes. people make bad decisions right. and, and they, they rebel and they do things they shouldn't do and they sin and they, they get, they end up being more immature. Okay. That that's changed in the wrong way. But Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke with a child. I thought, I would just say in our faith care that we have been on a journey of maturing yes. and God willing, every person here is going to grow in their faith as well. Yeah. If you ever get to a place where you got it all figured out, yeah. Oh man, I just follow this tribe and I, I, I quote this person and I've got this all figured out. You're not thinking on your own. Yeah. The reason you can quote that person is they got a revelation of God. They got, they got a revelation from God's word. This is this Ephesians chapter one. They got the spirit of wisdom, a revelation of God's word. And in hearing comes through the word. Mm -hmm. And ultimately we've all, I mean, again, Ephesians chapter one, it's, it's that scripture I memorized recently. It's like, mm -hmm. you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. As you grow in that word of truth, you go from being a child where Paul then says, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Listen, children, they don't have the capacity to use things like cars or right. uh, 
buyer or uh, guns. Right. <laughs> they don't get those things. Those are reserved for mature adults. And so it is spiritually speaking. You know, when you, you're, when you don't know, you don't know, but the more you mature, you're equipped with greater weapons of warfare. Right. You're equipped with, with the gifts that God gave you and you grow in them and the knowledge of them. And all of a sudden you're not doing things like you used to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like that concept of glory to glory, right? Yeah. Like, you go from one level from to another glory level. Glory to glory. And, and going from glory to glory, sometimes you got to work some things out. Sometimes you have to mm-hmm. obey. Sometimes you got to give some things up. Come on. Sometimes you got to get in the word and you know, all, all day long, you know, like, like, like there's, there's things that we have to do from, to go from one level to the next. Yes. And two thoughts on that, Kara. My first thought is just for reality. I've known that verse most of my Christian life. I've heard it. I've heard it sung. I've heard it preached. I never knew what that meant until recently. Mm. And all of a sudden we're going from one level to another level. And I'm talking about spiritual levels. Yeah. Not financial, not numeric in church attendance. I'm talking about a, a deeper level of spiritual maturity and growth. And I'm like, oh, from glory to glory. Yeah. And, and now I want to do as Moses and, and Elijah mm-hmm. and, and say, God, I, I, I will only go unless your presence mm-hmm. goes with me. Show me your glory. Yes. I want more of you. And the, the second thing I would just say is, you know, as, as you mature in these things, it, love ultimately is the most excellent way. This isn't out of, you're, no one is better than another person. It's like, we're still having the same issues in the church today that we had in the days of old. And you know, actually this reminds me of your, in your message yesterday, which was excellent, but it mm. was um, when you talked about love and compassion, it's one mm. of the pillars at Journey Church. Right. And that is a, um, that's an action. Like, yeah, that's not a, a feeling like, Love in compassion is love moved to action. No, sometimes you don't want to actually do the thing, but but that word you said, obedience, you're going to do it out of obedience. It's the mature way. When Paul says, when I was a child, I act in childish ways, children don't act in obedience. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they have tantrums when they don't get their way. They they only want their own needs. When they're hungry, they're not considering other people saying, are you guys hungry as well? Should we eat together? It's I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, well, it's such an, that's such a picture of us as, as baby believers, yes. right? Like my, my I mean, needs met. It's like, we have to, we have to work. It's, uh, the Bible tells us we have to work out our salvation. Yes. Like, we have to work these things out. We, we, we bump against the borders and the boundaries that God has for us and think that we have a, a better way and right. only to realize that his way is so much better. Mm, come on. Uh, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And I, I pray that over every person that hears yes. us today. If you even made it this far, come on, friends. Right. Thanks for being our friend and sticking with us. We're at the table together. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, it is absolutely worth it. Because when you get to see God in new ways, you want more of God. Yes. It, yes. It, this is not religion. This isn't like, I'll never get to this place. No, you will get to that place. Start making steps of obedience today. Pray through those steps of obedience. Don't just do it to do it. Do it to honor God, to get to know God. Pray through that. Mm -hmm. Get in the word of God and then put God's word into practice. Mm -hmm. And I would just add all those things. Journal, journal, journal. Write them down. If you don't write them down, you won't remember them. You need to see what is happening on your journey right now. What are you struggling with? Mm-hmm. What are you working on? What did God speak to you? What do you what what is new? But write these things down because mm-hmm. when you come back to them you're going to realize how far you've you've yeah. come. You're going to realize what God has answered in prayer. If you're not writing it down, you probably won't even remember most of the time yeah. or you remember and forget so quickly. God is a God that answers prayer. He is. So oh, good. We, have, oh, we just keep seeing it over and over and over, over and over. He actually hears us. Like Amen. He, he, he hears our hearts. It's a trip. It is a trip. It, yeah. The, what, what's the word you use? Because we were talking about demons and, yeah. and there's a word you used. Uh, it's elusive. Elusive. I, 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 I like was, that word. Yeah, elusive. I was telling you about a, this weird dream I had with demons mm-hmm. in it. And I think it's it kind of, I don't, I don't know, it may have partially come from um, just the, I've been studying spiritual warfare and, and, and just going to deeper places in, in my faith. Um, that it takes me to this place of like, what in the world? Like mm-hmm. d- the demonic realm is just, um, it's, it's elusive to me. It's weird. And in my dream, I actually mm-hmm. had, a, a, a there were, I, I believe it was a demonic spirit, but it was manifested through a person mm-hmm. or like, I didn't know the person to be clear. It was just like a, a visual image 
of like an, an actor, but um, right. But, but that got us talking about yeah. demons and how demons work through people, demonization yes. and, and ultimately scripture and all the different things. And the fact that it's elusive is you can't see it, but the, the more you understand it and have that revelation and the more you have authority over it, the yes. less weird it gets because you operate in that authority, but it's still elusive in that you can't see it. Mm -hmm. So you have the discernment that this is not of the flesh, it's of the spirit, but, and you got to discern what spirit. So you got to yes. test the spirit. So if this is not of God, you have authority over it in Jesus name. Yes. You have authority over it by the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. And it's just interesting because you can't see it. It's an invisible world. And, and it's okay to acknowledge that, to say, this is weird. But the more you grow in it, the more comfortable you get with it. And the less weird it gets. Yes, too. because we have so been impacted by Hollywood yeah. and our own understanding, our own imagination. Well, we live we live in the natural world. Like we have natural laws mm -hmm. that we um that's all we know, right. you know. Until you go to deeper spiritual places, like all I know is the law of gravity. All I know right. is the laws that we live in. Right. Um and, and God it, it, and then there's the spiritual world that that you know, um, it does not operate in the natural. Well, if we're not careful, we, we will, we will allow outside influences to, to shape our theology of spirits yes. of, of both, uh, good spirits that is angels and bad spirits mm -hmm. or unclean spirits, the demons. Mm -hmm. And we will get this heebie jeebies. We'll get this weird imaginative, uh, uh fiction, uh, fictional version of the demonic. And a lot of the world has done that because horror films are, I believe the number one genre of, yeah. of Hollywood movies. People love it. They want to be entertained by it. But the, the fact is if, if, if you're watching that and you're not in the word, it's influencing you and we don't even watch it. I mean, we can't even watch movies now with just crude language, uh, crude substance, uh, all of those things because you're allowing uh, things not of God inside yeah. of you. Uh, so we need the Holy Spirit to have discernment. And once yes. you do, you see it. But it's okay to acknowledge like, oh, this is kind of weird. You know, if we could use that word, uh, that word weird or yeah. uh, that word elusive. I, I mean, um, I don't know if anyone else has a, a better way to describe that, but it's okay to acknowledge. We, we have an invisible God who's made himself known through a yeah. tangible person in the flesh. Mm -hmm. That is Jesus. Yeah. And now we get to see this continued work that through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself works through us. Wow. <laughs> right? My mind is just blown right now. Thank you, Jesus. I know. And you know, for me, like if I could just wrap up this season of our life, mm -hmm. I, I'm thankful for it. And the more I press in, the more I lean in, the more I surrender Come this on. word for, that for me this year has been surrender okay. to victory. And, um, the more I, um, do that just to be totally frank, the more I'm like, I'm just ready to be with Jesus. <laughs> like, just take me home, Lord. <laughs> I feel like I've lived five lifetimes over and come I'm ready on. to see him. Well, if he hasn't come yet, you might have five or 10 or 25 more lifetimes. Right. Who knows? God is so good. And it's probably a good time to wrap up this podcast as well, Kara. It's, it's been a good conversation as yeah. we've talked about really what the church ought to be, not what the world says the church should be. We've talked about spiritual gifts, uh, leaning into tongues and mm -hmm. just our, our own personal background and how we all have different places and, and um, understanding of these things. And that's okay. Yeah. We want to grow in it. We want to be open yeah. in conversations and studying God's word. And we want to go to the word and, and um, be informed by the word. Amen. Not by culture, yes. not by tradition, not by experience, but we're informed by the word. And we, we want to not be afraid of what God has promised and put it into practice. We want to be obedient. Yeah. Uh, so if, if God says it, don't be afraid to put it into practice, even if you haven't done it. There are people like us that you can be Christians for decades and not have done something. But when you do, you get a new joy that God's not finished with you, mm -hmm. that you get to continue growing your faith or, or using that scripture you paraphrase from glory to glory, mm -hmm. uh, that you get to go from one place to another. So, so grow in your faith. Uh, walk in obedience, walk in the spirit, uh, that you would see God in fresh new ways. And when you do, you're going to be a praying person and you're going to see miracles. 
Amen. You're going to see other people changed, other people coming to faith that you never knew. I mean, people you prayed for for decades. Yeah. This is the year of salvation. Yeah. We're going to see people get healed, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, we get to watch God do what only God could do. Yeah, we do. And my encouragement to you would be, to the, to, to the listeners here, would just be to um, press into God's Word and Come to on. get in the house of God. Like, yes. there's, there's nothing like being in the presence mm. of God with His people. Um, get in the house of God. That is a good word, Kara. Yeah. Don't forsake the gathering. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Well, this has been a nice time with you all. This is Monday, so I've been a little holy hangover, but this right. has been a good discussion. If you're new to holy hangover, it just means that God was doing so much good. You're not hungover because you're drunk uh, by, by a substance. You're hungover <laughs> because God has been doing a good work in your life. Amen. And that's a good thing to be exhausted in the Lord. This has been a Shabbat day for me, a day of Sabbath rest. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. That means rest in peace. Yes. And let me just pray for you as we exit out of here. God, I thank you for this time. I say, Lord, be glorified. Use your church unlike any other time. May we as the church get ready for your coming. Mm -hmm. May we be as that parable you told Jesus. May we be like the virgins that are getting our oil ready, filled up may, with a holy expectation that you're coming soon. I just pray even for knowledge of our listeners that they would, they would ha have an understanding that Jesus, you are real and you're coming soon and we should take you seriously. This is no time to sleep nor slumber. May we not listen to the lies of the enemy, but instead we want to exchange those for your promise promises. So we cancel all things that the enemy has brought forth. We just rebuke the devil right now. And we just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you get full authority over our lives. We receive who you are and what you've done. And now may we walk in your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on the journey of Confessions of a Pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.